0: Bouncing on my mama knee Says her sure, there's only one thing To set your soul free Wasn't no easy street Where I come from There wasn't no sleep Until the work was done <laughs> to rebel one for the money to another show please start your enters now and rock and roll
1: Hi, everyone, and welcome to NASCAR America Motor Mouse, a very special edition of Motor Mouse today because we're going to talk about the championship for... And preview what's going to happen in Phoenix this weekend for the NASCAR Xfinity Series and, of course, the Cup Series. Marty Snyder, that guy's Dale Earnhardt Jr. right there. Joining us on the show today, A.J. Allmendinger will be calling here in a bit. Brad Daugherty will be joining us as well. And the Bagman, Mike Bagley, will be here. And, of course, we want to hear from you guys. 844-NASCAR-NBC. Call in, chat with Jr. Talk to us about what you think will happen this weekend at Phoenix. How you doing, man? It's good to have you here on the show.
2: Yeah, I haven't been on all year long. I love what you've done with the place. The studio's changed a little <laughs> studio's
1: okay. changed a little bit. It looks yeah. great.
2: I love the table. Got a lot of room here.
1: Kyle was in charge of decorating, so I... I,
2: I, I see some things that I might have done differently, but <laughs> Kyle did a pretty good job.
1: Solid B yeah. on that. Uh, before we move forward to championship four, Phoenix, all that, I want to go back with you. Let's talk Martinsville, yeah. and let's talk Alex Bowman, Denny Hamlin, obviously the, the talk of the week. Do you have a problem with the way Alex Bowman got the lead for the second time? And and I'll say the second time because he had the lead once and gave it back to Denny Hamlin. What about the way he got the lead the second time by spinning the 11?
2: Yeah, I mean, he he got loose underneath him, made a mistake. He admitted to making that mistake. And uh, that's frustrating, especially if you're Denny. Denny's giving him a lot of room. Denny wants to just race him. Denny's not going to make it easy on him. But I could tell, you could sense as any driver, Bowman or anybody, when they're underneath the car for so many laps. Mm -hmm. Every time they go into the corner, they're going to try a little harder. If the same thing they're doing is not working to complete that pass, they're going to try to do something different to try to make the pass a successful one. And eventually, you know that you're going to slip and get over the line and slide the car. When you slide the car underneath somebody at Martinsville, you're going to take them out or you're going to take yourself out or maybe both of you. So, I mean, that, that moment was coming. It was inevitable in my mind, as we was watching the race. But, you know, if you're Denny, I understand how you're frustrated because you're giving the guy plenty of room down there and you're racing him clean. Uh, but you have to know that there's a that's a little bit different style of racetrack. It's short track mm-hmm. racing. There's, mm-hmm. there's going to be uh, trading paint. There's going to be beating and banging. There's going to be guys that get spun out. That's why we all it's love it. the same thing that happens across the country every Friday and Saturday night. That's right. And the clock. You know, when if, I don't know if you get that same intensity at some of these other races throughout the year, but with that clock and that unique sort of trophy that you get from only Martinsville, the drivers really get up on the wheel for it, and they go after it. And we've seen this happen time and time again at this racetrack, even if it's not the playoff race, even earlier in the year. They attack to try to win that thing. So I kind of see both sides of it.
1: Martinsville certainly kind of elevated itself, hasn't it, over the last few years. I yeah. mean, to you and I, it was one of our home racetracks, so we always loved it. But it, with its spot in the playoffs now, I mean, it's become the race, hasn't it, other than the championship?
2: Yeah, you know, I think they've done a lot of great things today being NASCAR as far as moving races around and uh, putting Daytona where it is as far as the final race of the regular season. It's, it's a must-see a must-see TV kind of event and mm-hmm. love being there and the atmosphere is amazing. You get the same thing at all the elimination races throughout the playoffs. Martinsville's in a very critical sort of this is your last chance uh, to get in kind of moment and no better racetrack uh, to have that moment than at Martinsville, one of the toughest, roughest places we go to. Mm-hmm. Uh, every time that we go to Martinsville, every time that we leave that racetrack after that race, in my mind, I think if we could bottle this up and have this every week, <laughs> right? NASCAR would be bigger than it's ever been. Right. It would be the more most popular sport in in, in America. If we could produce that type of drama more often, right? We can't do that. It, it'd be too exhausting to have that every single week. <laughs> but you know, it, those type of short tracks, uh, you're going to have that, and, and you're going to have that type of racing. You're going to have that type of drama, and the fans really eat it up.
1: It was nice to have traffic this weekend. Kyle yeah. Busch had to park a mile away and run into the racetrack, literally yeah. ran down the railroad tracks. Uh, let's go back to the hamlin uh, Bowman thing. Did you have any issue with what Denny did post-race, how he handled himself
2: post-race? I did have a problem with the interview. I thought the interview was too personal, you know, and, and I'll start, but I'll, I wanted to put that out front. But what he did on the front straightaway with, with his car, I really didn't have a problem with that. My, I, I, I go off of really my my initial gut reaction. I'm standing in the booth watching this very thing happen right there. And if, if, if it bothered me, I would sit here today and tell you that. I really never thought, oh, this is bad. This is no good. This mm-hmm. is something he shouldn't be doing. I think if he carried it a little farther or if things got a little more physical, uh, maybe that would have not been okay. But he you know, either by hearing words on the radio or some advice on the radio that we broadcast during the race or by his own decision, he got out of there, right? He came in, made his point, and got out of there and allowed Alex to continue the celebration. Um, That's not Victory Lane. You know, I don't think you ever should go into Victory Lane. Mm -hmm. Victory Lane, once the checker, checker flag has fallen... And the and the winners in victory lane, you 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 don't go there, right, to confront him. And uh, but this is on the racetrack, right, as Alex is coming to the checkered flag or coming after, after a cool off lap. Mm -hmm. And I really didn't have a problem, you know, with seeing this. I think that we kind of need more of this, uh, where drivers are kind of showing their frustrations. And Denny didn't use his car as a weapon or anything too crazy, and uh, it was really dramatic. So I think though the post race interview, calling him a hack, cut a little deep, man. I mean. But, you know, you if Denny wants to go that route, mm-hmm. right, he, he's going to have to deal with the repercussions of that and people, you know, having an opinion about that. Um, I think that when you get out of the race car after what happened to Denny, when you get out of the race car, the race is over. You can't get this guy back. You want to retaliate. If there were more laps, you'd find him. You'd mm-hmm. do something to to ruin his race as well, right? And when you don't have that option anymore, you're sometimes you want to get at them another way, hurt them another way. And so he went as hard as he could in that post-race interview to try to uh, try to upset Alex. You know, try to get at Alex personally. Uh, and I think he went a little too far. But you know, it, it, everybody might have a different opinion about that. I, I know we all know that Alex is not a hack. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, sometimes drivers know what buttons there are to push sure. and how to get at you, right? They know what, what makes you, what you're sensitive to, and uh, Denny was trying to find that button.
1: I have to applaud Alex for how quickly they got yes. the T-shirt out. Oh, yeah. The hack T-shirt has got to be selling this week. Um, so if you're Chris Gabehart, are you worried at all? that that carries over to this no, weekend
2: no 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 i don't think so at all i think denny uh been around long enough and they they're going to sit down and have a conversation and it's going to be pretty much out of his system over a period of 20, 24 to 48 hours and he's <laughs> going to be moved on and focused i'll say the one the other thing the other side of that is alex right during mm-hmm. he just won martinsville he just won a clock and he got out of the uh car and was nearly apologetic yeah. Right. For how he won that race, and I know he did not want to win it that way. But um, I was I was equally kind of uh, fr- you know frustrated with Alex's response to winning the race as I was Denny's response. What to, would you wanted him to do? Get out and say, you know, look, man, I, I I I made a mistake. It is a mistake. I don't like winning that way. But I just won Martinsville. I want a clock. The the excitement, <laughs> the energy. I know. Listen. Yeah. Listen. I know that he was feeling that inside, right? right. And I want to see that. Um, it, was, it was just interesting to watch the, the Victory Lane celebration. And, you know, we know Alex is kind of ho-hum, mm-hmm. but uh, in moments like that and, and, and a bit apologetic, you know, at times when he doesn't need to be. But uh, I would have liked to have seen him celebrate that moment. He's going to go home, right? And, and yeah, he's got the clock, but he doesn't get to go back and celebrate that again. He doesn't get to go back to the front straightaway of Martinsville and redo that victory lane celebration. That's right. Uh, That's something I learned in in my career is to celebrate as hard as you can in the moment because when you leave the track, it's over.
1: That's a terrific point and something I'm sure that a lot of even current drivers don't think about. So what about for Alex? Breakout season, four wins now. Has won some some big races, yeah. right, and and shown a, uh, an ability to close races so well this year. I mean, you look at Dover, he had a, he had probably the best car, but Richmond, he didn't have anywhere near the best car. Martinsville had the best car towards the end. I mean, what about the season for Alex Bowman?
2: Well, I worked with Greg Ives in my career, and I think Greg's is a is a solid crew chief and. They, they seem to be a good match together and, and can go out there and get the results. And they are benefiting, I think, from the speed in the company at HMS. Mm-hmm. That team, has as an organization, has gotten better. And also the manufacturer of the car, the Chevrolet that they're driving, that car was not good a couple years ago. And they've made uh, big strides in being able to be, uh, have better performance on the racetrack. All the Chevy Camp teams have elevated themselves. And I think Alex is benefiting from that. I think Alex, if he was sitting here right now, would say, uh, we've got a lot of gaps to fill. We got places where mm-hmm. we're not the complete package. Like the nine car and the five car, Chase Elliott, and Larson, they're pretty competitive every single week. Right. And and William Byron has gotten to that point as well, to where he's fast, right. And and uh, you know Alex is not quite there. He he's there some weekends and maybe a little bit off other weekends. It is really hard. I've been around multi-car teams my entire career, and it's hard to have four fast cars right. every single week. I know that. But I think Alex would agree that they, they want to elevate their performance across the board going into next year.
1: I think they just got to figure out how to, get, how to get some consistency. They've been so streaky this yes. year. They can just level that out some. Before we get to phone calls, I want to ask you about Saturday night and your impressions of your driver, Noah Gregson. Was that a career-defining moment for him?
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I was almost... Uh, I was ashamed of my sort of, my take on the restart was, you know, he he needs to line up third, Mm -hmm. right? His shot to win and get around the 18 car, Hemrick, was to line up third and go down into turn one and push him out of the way. Right. Right? That's exactly what I thought he should do. Well, he lined up on the outside. And when he he made that... And at that moment, what do you think? At that moment, I'm thinking, all right, he's going to try to do this the right way, but it's going to be the harder way. And it and it's going to be less likely to be successful. And he he not only proved me wrong, but he did he did it in a he you know we we've, we've covered at we we've colored we've covered uh, Noah as an aggressive driver, mm-hmm. and we've covered him as a guy who bumps into people and gets into incidents and he's he's drama filled and controversial. Right over the last two years, he did something at Martinsville that was the complete opposite of that. He went out and passed the guy on the outside, didn't use his bumper, uh, did it in a veteran way, you know? I mean, it was it was reminiscent of some of the some of the greatest drivers in our sport. That mm-hmm. was a that was a really impressive thing. And um, I don't know that he realizes that that it's that admirable, right? I don't know that he. I don't know that he did. <laughs> he did it the right way. Right, then, he, right? Yeah, okay. I was really, I was really uh, surprised. That I, I didn't think it was going to happen, and he proved me wrong. And I think, you know, it really makes me wonder if he's sort of the most dangerous guy going into this final round at Phoenix. Interesting. Right? They're peaking at the right time. He, he's he's believing in what's happening, right? We know he's up and down emotionally throughout right. the year. He can get so low and he can get so high. Well, he's as high as he's going to be, right, going into this race. So I think he shows up and starts that race believing that no one there can beat him. And I, don't, I think that's a pretty dangerous thing for these other three guys in the Xfinity Series.
1: Does he take on the challenge of the front row, trying to do it the right way, trying to make the <laughs> pass on the outside without Dave Ellens in his ear saying, winners, take the front row? I
2: think he... He's got every tool in the toolbox, right? So he's mm-hmm. going gonna to be willing to do anything and everything in that moment uh, to, to try to win the championship. And, and if I try to pick what he might do, he'll probably prove me wrong again. You know, the guy's, <laughs> the guy's unpredictable yeah. in, a, in, a, in a good way. Right. You know, that's a good thing to not kind of know where, where this guy's going to come from and what angle of attack he's going to choose.
1: So is he, in your opinion, the favorite going into Saturday?
2: Well, obviously, is momentum
1: a real thing? I
2: think so. For a guy that's that emotional, for a guy that's rolling that riding that roller coaster of emotion, uh, positivity, confidence, uh, momentum, believing in yourself, believing in your car, and that you guys are there and you're ready and you're going to have the best car, all those things absolutely matter. And. not to, not to discredit his competition, they also are going to feel the same way. Right. You know, Cindric is going there saying, I, I just don't need to screw this up. I should have the best car, the fastest car, and I know how to do this. I've done it before. I could, this should be re- relatively straightforward for him. And, you know, he's feeling that in his mind. But um, I, I feel like that, you know, I don't think they counted on Noah being there, and I don't think they counted on Noah having this type of momentum mm-hmm. in this moment, so it's going to be a little more difficult.
1: Speaking of the Xfinity Series Championship 4, when we come back here on Motor Mouse, A.J. Allmendinger, one of those Championship 4 players, will join us here live coming up in just a moment. There's a Dinger hanging out at home. Here's the Championship 4 for the NASCAR Xfinity Series. The four drivers who will go at it for a title in Phoenix. Austin Center trying to repeat as a champion, Daniel Hamrick, boy, that'd be a good time to win your first career race, wouldn't it, Junior? It sure <laughs> for would. a championship. Noah Gregson, we just talked about him. On all that momentum, that's a little bit of a different haircut for Noah. We need to update that picture, don't we, Junior? <laughs> <laughs> that's a little old. Uh, and the other one is A.J. Allmendinger, the veteran. He will go at it with these young men on Saturday afternoon. A.J. joins us now. What's up, A.J.? How the nerves been this week?
3: Guys, I'm, I'm doing great. I was more nervous last week going into Martinsville than I am going into this weekend because I just looked at it as, like, we've had such a fantastic year with five wins and winning the cup race at Indy. I, I just, in my mind, I thought, man, if we don't even get a shot at Phoenix, like, that would be a little bit of a letdown. Uh, but now that we're going there, a chance to win a championship, like, I think it's great
2: because no matter what happens, it's been a, an amazing year, and at least we get a shot at it. AJ, I, I've uh, really enjoyed watching you compete this year, and uh, we know uh, what your career has been like and what a roller coaster of ups and downs that has been. Talk about the Xfinity Series and how uh, how that experience has been for you this year and how you fit into the series and and why you want to continue competing there. You, you sort of... S- you know, made the choice to stay in this series because of the fun you're having.
3: Yeah, definitely, Dale. I mean, it's the, the Xfinity series coming here for the, really the first time uh, as a as a full time driver here at College Racing and, and running for an Xfinity championship. Uh, you know, the, the biggest thing over the last couple of years being part time is I love driving the race cars. They're a lot of fun to drive. Uh, they got good horsepower. They slide around. There's not a lot of downforce. So whether you're on a a super speedway or you're on a road course or short tracks like they're just really a lot of fun to drive and the competition is i think one of the at maybe one of the highest levels it's been in a long time in the xfinity series so you know with college racing over the last couple of years i just felt like like this was the right time to go after it and at least try to fight for a championship that's not something as a luxury i've really had an opportunity to do in in nascar so It's been an amazing year, like a dream come true season that uh, I wouldn't change for anything. And uh, it's fun, you know, being the older guy, I guess, the one that, in a way, (laughs) all these young drivers are trying to make a name for themselves. And, you know, for me, I'm like, man, this is all a bonus for me. So I'm just having a great time with it. So what is that like
1: kind of dovetailing off Junior's question? Because, like, you're not only a leader on your team, but a leader in the garage as well and chasing a championship all at the same time, which, as you said, You haven't had many chances to do that, AJ.
3: Yeah, you know, I mean, I I think it gives me at least a different perspective uh, as a whole. But even when things happen, like in the moment, uh, if you have contact with somebody, sure. We know in the moment, if your guys are playing the radio, like we're all mad. But in a different way now, I think I just kind of let it go uh, a lot easier than I had done in the past. uh, Because I know... In certain ways, like what the younger drivers and, and a lot of these drivers, they're, they're doing everything that they can to make a name for themselves to either stay in the Xfinity Series or, more importantly, try to move to the Cup Series. So it's a lot of ra- fun racing these guys, just be- guys and girls, just because, really, they're shorter races. Everybody's on full tilt. There's really not a lot of give and take. So you have to be up on the wheel the whole time. And, uh, I, I mean, it's... As I've said many of times, like, it's just a lot of fun, and uh, that's part of the reason why I chose to, to really tell Matt Colligan, and Chris Rice, like, whatever you want me to do next year, whether it's move to Cup or stay in the Xfinity Series, I'm willing to do. And if it's staying in the Xfinity Series like we're going to do full-time, like, I was completely okay with that.
2: So we're going to Phoenix, and, and we know since they moved the start-finish line, uh, to to where it is today, the restarts are insane. And <laughs> yeah. I think I've never really experienced that as a driver since they've moved the start-finish line there, and I know you have now uh, with your experience in the Xfinity Series. W- what is that like? Take us through the intensity of a restart, especially stage three, late in the race, um, when those guys, you don't even know where, you. Can, there's no way you can Personally, uh, account for every car and where they are as they're trying to get down into turn one, four, five, six wide. You've got guys way down on the apron. You don't know where everybody's going and what they expect and whether they know where everybody's at. How do you handle trying to get through those situations at Phoenix?
3: Well, I'm a little older, Dale, so I usually close my eyes and hold hold my breath. <laughs> and just pray. I just hope I I just hope that you know. Frank, my, my spotter, Frank Denny, just says clear at some point. That's all I'm hoping for. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's like if you're on the inside, especially if you're on the, the front row or the, the second row, I mean, you get put, you either make it three or four wide or you get put three or four wide. If you restart on the outside, in a way, that's almost more scary sometimes because you're at the will of the guys next to you because at some point, you know, if you're starting on the outside, you're probably going to get stuck three or four wide and you're on the outside. So if there's contact, everything's going up towards the wall. So, uh, I mean, as you can see there, that's not a good judgment on myself and Brandon Jones there. I apologize profusely (laughs) for that one. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he didn't, by the way, he didn't really take my apology, which I completely understood. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's especially late race. We saw it last year for the Xfinity championship, uh, and the truck championship. Like if, if you have a restart with three or four to go, I mean, it's just going to be chaos and at times, it's really luck of the draw if you get through it. Yeah.
1: So I want to ask you, I mean, I know being around you for years, sometimes you'll go into a race and, and you admittedly will put too much pressure on yourself. How do you not let this moment this weekend be too big, if you will, and just kind of talk yourself through it throughout the week and the weekend?
3: Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's it's something that I've always done. I've always said in my, my, my best and my worst strengths are the same thing, and that is – putting pressure on myself, pushing myself to try to always be better, to make uh, my organization that I'm driving for better. Or if I have to strap it on my back and, and just as a whole, go out there and try to win the race. Sometimes it's great because I never let myself kind of relax and just say, you know, I'm great with what I've done. I always want to be better. But as you said, Marty, like we've seen it at my worst and it can take you to some low places. So, you know, really this week, it's just trying to enjoy it. Like, You know, last year or two years ago or three years ago, I would have never said I'm in this, this opportunity. And thankfully, Matt Colligan, Chris Rice, all the men and women at of Racing have given me this opportunity. So I'm just going to have fun with it. Like, we have an opportunity to go win a championship. And as I've said, like, I'm really truly in the state of mind. Of course, the end goal, you want to win the championship. You want to be the best of the four drivers there. But I would not trade anything that has happened this year for maybe even a championship to tell me to, to win five wins, you know, have five wins in the Xfinity series to win the regular season championship and to win a cup race at Indy, a dream come true, to be able to kiss the bricks. Like it's been an amazing year. And if we go win this championship, it's just capping it off.
2: So what has the preparation been like this week? As you, as you go into the, you know, the most important race of the season, I'm sure, you don't really change much from how you prepare, but is there anything different or is there more emphasis on any certain thing going into the race at Phoenix?
3: Well, this race team, they were preparing this car over the last four or five weeks. They expected to be able to go to Phoenix uh, and win a championship. And and they were also getting Justin's car, Phoenix car ready, like he was going to go contend for the championship because he had a shot going into Martinsville and unfortunately had a brake issue. So he never even got the chance to really, show what he had to go try to make the final four. So we've been working on it for four or five weeks. I've been watching video and, and because I wasn't great there in the spring race. So I've been watching video over the last three or four weeks, getting ready for Phoenix. Uh, Really the only difference in the preparation is thankfully uh, Chevrolet and and Pratt and Miller. uh, They allowed us to have a lot more sim time over the last couple of weeks. So we've probably been able to sim more for Phoenix than we've had at any other racetrack so no matter what happens on saturday night it's not going to be from lack of preparation it's not going to be from trying to push everything to the edge and and uh you know just really from lack of effort we've done everything that we can to be ready for this race over the last month and we'll just have to wait and see you know we'll go get some practice which will be great because that's something that i haven't had a lot of in the xfinity series in my career so that'll help on friday and then you know, we'll lay it all on the line on Saturday.
1: So you're still at least kind of a part-time TV guy, at least once in a while, right? So uh, put on your analyst hat. Tell me about your competition Saturday in Phoenix. I, I know you're worried about all three of them, but, you know, kind of break down how all four of you guys shape up at Phoenix.
3: Well, I mean, I, I heard of Dale's kind of comments there at the end about no, and I completely agree. When you got a confident Noah, I mean that's a scary thing, and you can't have more confidence than win at Martinsville and race your way in. So he's going to be really fast. Uh, we know how good the junior motorsports cars have been there, especially with Justin Allgaier. So I'm sure I'm sure Justin will be helping uh, Noah as much as possible. And Noah, I mean heck, he got passed by Austin Sindrick on the last lap to win the racer last year, so he's no slouch at Phoenix. Uh, Daniel Hamrick, he's done everything but win, and and honestly m- most of those races he haven't he hasn't won hasn't been his fault a late race caution he could have easily had three or four wins so he's going to be really strong and then the champ is there for a reason austin Sindrick and team penske we know how good they are overall especially at phoenix over the last couple of races there so you know if i had to cap it i, I would put us you know we're fourth uh, favorites going there if you looked at it and just over the last kind of month of the season and and how we've been at phoenix but I kind of like those underdog roles, but no matter what, when you're there in the final four out of all the three series, you know, Trucks, Cup, or Xfinity, you're there for a reason. You're there because you're some of the best in the series. So it's whoever hits it, whoever executes the best. And at the end of the day, if it's a late race caution, who's ever the most aggressive and comes out the other side?
1: Well, best of luck this weekend, my man. By the way, Brad Darty's joining us next. He just texted me. He said he's way better than you on the golf course. What is? I mean, <laughs> I thought you were better than him. Is it, does he have the stories mixed
3: up? Well, I mean, like look at the advantage. Like he swings, <laughs> being at like eight foot four, like he is. He barely touches the ball <laughs> and it goes three hundred and fifty yards. So, like I, I'm just, I'm just a little guy out there just trying to make it happen, man. Oh, come
1: on with your three handicap. I don't want to hear it from you. So, <laughs> hey, man, safe hey, travels that's how to you-
3: Phoenix hey that that's I've played those games with you guys that's why I'm trying to lower the standard so I get more strokes on the golf course when we bet
1: I appreciate that my friend um hey safe travels to Phoenix best of luck this weekend we'll see you out there Friday thank you guys all right AJ Almendinger joining us here and I thought some honest comments there junior from him saying hey we're the fourth best team out there yeah
2: I mean I think being an analyst has helped him sort of understand <laughs> that yeah there's no there's that's the only way you can be as honest fans can rewrite through right, right through anything else but yeah, I think he he's absolutely humble too because I don't think he's number four. I think he's right. You know, he's right there. I think Cindric goes in there with 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 the with the favorite tag and and a few of those guys. Uh, you know, I think he's right behind Cindric actually in second place as far as the you know the favorites go. But um, we'll see how it works out.
1: Cool. Back with Brad Doherty here in a moment. Uh, hey, Junior, it's been a decent season for Kyle Larson, I would say, wouldn't you, with uh, a couple of wins? Just you know?
4: dominant,
1: yeah. Yeah, nine wins, look at that. Got the guitar in Nashville, that was a pretty cool win, wasn't it? By the way, they had resin in Nashville, I have resin this weekend. Yeah, it's
2: going is... to be interesting to see how that works out on the Phoenix racetrack. They've, not, they've done PJ1 before, so with the resin, it'll be, it'll be pretty grippy the whole time, I think, throughout the whole race.
1: That was a pretty cool stat. A couple big names in there, your dad and Jeff Gordon was breaking some career highs, tying your dad... And then, of course, his first championship four appearance with a round-of-eight win at Texas and Kansas. So does that mean all of our analysts think that Kyle's the man to beat this weekend? Listen.
4: We have these four
2: drivers, early prediction. Who do you think the champion is this year? I think Denny Hamlin. He breaks the streak. He becomes a champion. 46 wins is too many in the career without the big trophy. I yep. think Chase Elliott's going to repeat. I really do. I, I go with Denny Hamlin. I, I agree with Steve. It's time for Denny Hamlin to win a championship. <laughs>
4: Kyle Larson's going to win it. I don't care what you say. I don't care who you say. Kyle Larson's going to wax these boys behind these next 10 weeks. Write it down. Put it in the bread box. Do whatever you want to do with it. Kyle Larson wins this championship.
1: Uh, So my man Brad Darty is not back down from that, I'm assuming. Where's your Kyle Larson t-shirt, Brad? I figured you had that on underneath like Superman.
4: It's right here. I got it. Kyle Larson, me and Kyle. That's right. Championship. Championship weekend. Wrestling boys can stay home. Kyle Larson's coming to pick up his check and his
2: trophy.
1: G- now Dale, I can't tell so, who he's picking.
2: I, you know, I think that he's just going the easy route, man. I mean, did you this past weekend, <laughs> where was the pace in the five car? He wasn't quite he wasn't quite as good as I would have expected him to be at Martinsville. And I think, you know, Martinsville's its own racetrack, but there's some similarities to to the, how flat they are and, and how to get around the corner, I think some of that stuff might lead into uh, Phoenix. Yeah,
4: they, they, that, that's a good theory, Dale. But I want you to <laughs> think back. <laughs> they were a little bit off at Martinsville, but I want you to think back to last year when we got to Phoenix and, and the nine-car failed inspection, had to start way in the back, and 30 laps in, he was checking out. Well, that five car will be up to snuff this weekend, I'll guarantee. Uh, As you know over there, those Hendrick Motorsports cars aren't off two weekends in a row. So we're going to get the best of Kyle Larson this weekend, even though he hasn't won at Phoenix. He's finished second there. I think just with the mojo he has this year. You know, I was thinking about this the other day. Think of how many races he could have won in the history of his career if he'd have been driving this five car the whole time. I think we're seeing the best of the, of, of the best. I think he's considered one of the greatest drivers of all time at this point, according to me. And I think <laughs> he, is, he is absolutely <laughs> going according to, to me. blow these boys away on Sunday. I don't hey, think but Brad, a
1: shot. Brad, but if you go back, okay, so let's let's go back at sort of this kind of racetrack, 750 track, sort of flat, mile-ish, sure. right? Richmond, spring, yep. not that great. New Hampshire, f- summer, not that great. New Ham- Richmond, fall, not that great. I got I, I agree with the guys. I just don't know how you can make Kyle Larson. Yes, he has the momentum. Yes, he has all the wins. I just don't think he's a favorite this weekend.
4: I think every place we've been uh, where he hasn't been that great in the past. And, you know, if you think about it, he's had opportunities to win races the past several years, just couldn't quite get it home, have problems on pit road, whatever he seems to have redeemed himself. So I'm, I'm thinking you're gonna see the best version of Kyle Larson on Sunday. And if, if you see that, along with that that Hendrick pit crew, by the way, which is the best in the sport, uh, no mistakes, uh, the best of Kyle Larson, I just don't see how, how you beat him. Now, I'll give, I'm will give i gonna give Denny Hamlin a little bit of a shot because of, of his, his experience, and I just like Denny's mentality, you know, and he's coming out of Martinsville, had a little dust up there, but, but things don't seem to phase him. Uh, and so this this would be probably his best opportunity to perform at a level to win him a championship if number five wasn't coming to Phoenix.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, 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 if we were going to any other racetrack in the in the series, I would have to say that I would agree with you that Larson's the favorite, but I just don't have that kind of confidence going into Phoenix to say that he is going to continue to you know, show the pace and the perfection, really, that we've seen from him throughout the year. Um, not that it isn't possible. Uh, I would not be shocked, obviously. He's been dominant throughout the year. But I think that this will, you know, the, the track uh, is, is, is going to, you know, be a more difficult racetrack for that team. And it, it, might, it yeah. might close the gap up a little bit between him and the rest of the competitors. And we know how good Chase is or Chase's team is when they need to be good. Uh, the one thing that yeah. I know about uh, the one thing I know about Alan Gusterson, uh, his crew chief, is that he keeps the cool parts, the good parts on the shelf. and <laughs> He only brings them out when they need to come out. And uh, that, yeah. car, that car gets fast when it needs to get fast. And you know, there's a reason why they struggle to pass tech. He pushes every edge of that rule book. and he works as hard as he can in those gray areas to give his driver as much of an advantage as possible. So um, I think that But the pace, as far as you just line them up and watch them practice, I bet you're going to see better mm-hmm. lap times and more speed in the nine car. But I think you made a great point, um, Brad, about perfection and pit stops and doing everything right. That, that's going to matter. Somebody's going to speed on pit road. Somebody's pit stop is yeah. going to be a little slow. Somebody's going to get off strategy or make a mistake. Something's going to happen to a few of these guys, and the one guy that has that flawless day, even if he might not have the best car, I think that's the guy that wins.
4: Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I mean, I think it's going to come down to the mistakes, and uh, you know, that's the one thing that I think Denny's cleaned up a lot this past season. You know, in the past, he's always just had a lot of problems on pit road making mistakes. He seems to have cleaned that up uh, incredibly well, so I think he's got a great shot. Um, I think after watching Chase there last year, man, they, you're, you're absolutely dead on. He and Allen have a, have a plan, and they just have tremendous speed at that racetrack. And they, they had a flawless plan last year, even though they had to start in the rear. So I, I think it's going to come down to that. I just think it's going to be that pit crew on that five car is the best in the business. Uh, they, they've averaged the fastest stops consistently throughout the season. And I think that will be the difference on that last pit stop is getting off first, and I think that's what gives Kyle just a little bit of an edge.
1: Well, Brad, we want to thank everyone at home for being patient. the phone lines have been uh, not working. Now they're back working. NASCARL has called in. NASCARL, go ahead. You're on with Dale and Brad. What's on your mind?
4: All right, you guys, first of all, Larson's got this. End of story, Brad. You're right, and it's over. that's right, you're a smart man, NASCARL. That's right. Uh Right, now agenda now. We are, it's only an hour of practice, but for the championship four, do you unload, see what you have, little adjustments, but then get off because of the of risk that could maybe happen during practice or something. I mean, when you go to this practice, do you just see what you have, get out, so there's nothing happens to the primary car, or what's your agenda?
2: Well, that hour is going to go by really, really fast, and uh, you know they're going to want to you know utilize. As much time as they can to learn what they need to learn and they probably have a a plan already in place as to what they're going to do in practice in terms of running and race trim and so forth so uh, literally you know in in just a few minutes by the time you go out there and run five or six laps and and kind of get a sense of where you are on the racetrack 15 minutes is gone by you bring the car in Mm -hmm. they check the tire temps and do all those things now 20 minutes has gone by. You literally might get two, three runs in this practice. So I think they'll use all of it.
1: Yeah, it's funny. I was talking to Cliff Daniels about that today NASCAR, Carl. And, Brad, I'd love to get your thoughts. If you had a championship four car, if you would want it out there or right. have him just like, run True. a few laps and that's it. But Cliff told me, he said, I don't really want to try anything. I'm hoping we go make one run. We're good. Wow. May make a mock run. And then, you know, they're hoping they don't have right. to try a bunch of stuff
2: There's and no keep way. it simple. There's never, ever, been a perfect race car on the racetrack. The no. driver's going to drive that car to the limit of the tires, and either the front or the rear is going to slide, and he's going to tell the crew chief to fix one of those. And so they're going to go to work. They're going to have something. They're going to try. They're definitely never. They're not going to show up to the racetrack without at least one thing that they need to check off the list. Uh, one creative idea that they think might have a little pace or add a little pace to that race car. That's, I'd be pushing my crew chief to 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 bring his best plan. Uh, of attack for that practice and let's try to find maybe another half a tenth at least in that car.
1: Brad, would you worry about your car yeah. going out there and practicing or are you okay with it? Yeah.
4: Well, I'd be a little bit worried about it but but it's a necessary evil just like uh, they'll, they'll say. You got to go out and you may have something you need to overcome or make sure uh, you're not going to deal with come race time. But I'm going to tell you, it's the perfect scenario. Kyle Larson goes out. You know, He can wheel that thing, man. He yaws that car out. He goes out He runs a bullet fast lap, and you know what these race car drivers like Dale Earnhardt Jr. You know what they do? They come back in and they want to see lap times. That's all they want to do. So Carl Larson will go out in that fifteen minutes. He'll lay a lap on them boys. They'll be shook up all weekend long. They're like, "Oh, he's so fast. We can't whoop him. He's too fast. We gotta fix it." That's what he's gonna get in their head. I'm telling you right now.
2: He's not wrong. That, <laughs> like if Kyle, who, whoever goes, yeah, whoever hits the track, that's, gonna, that's actually a good point. Like the guy, I bet yeah. you, you know, Denny and Chase and all those guys are, are thinking in their head, man, I want to go out there before anyone else. And, and when that track is good and clean and fast and lay down a lap and shake them up, uh, because that's exactly you're right. That's how race car drivers are. We come in off the racetrack after that first run. We go look at the lap chart. Where am yep, I at? Yeah. Right. And then you when you when you on the wrong side when you on, in, the, the, uh, in the 30s and 40s you panic.
1: What was the Was it an Atlanta <laughs> test years ago that your dad and those guys put the lefts on the right and the rights on the left? They ran the one lap, put a big lap down, and said, and they left right. Yeah. Isn't that the old story? Is that how that goes? Yeah. So if you can, intimidated if, everybody <laughs> <laughs> else, they're like, "Oh my gosh, we can't keep up with
2: Earnhardt." Oh yeah. If you can go out there and do that on Friday, you'll you'll, you'll you can already start the mind games a little bit.
1: There you go, Big Brad's right. calling it. Kyle Larson laying a lap down right at the beginning of practice. All right, man. Looking forward to seeing you this weekend. We'll see you Friday in Phoenix. All right, Brad Darty joining us. He'll be on the pre-race show all week and long. When we come back, Mike Bagley from Sirius XM NASCAR Radio, he'll join us here on Motor Mouse. Here's the championship four for the Cup Series this weekend. In Phoenix, those four drivers will race for a title. How did they earn their way in? Well, let's look back at the Martinsville race. For 34 events and almost 12,000 miles of racing, it's all down to a little half-mile track in southwest Virginia to decide who joins Kyle Larson in the championship four.
3: I don't think you're ever safe unless you have a win, so uh, we know that.
0: I mean, look at just uh, how how quick it can change. It's going to be tough. You look at any of those five guys that we're racing against on points, essentially, and any one of them five can win, so it's going to be about a... Championship Four race today, just to get into the Championship Four. We got a chance to point our way in, just
2: depending
1: on how things go, and hopefully we can uh, just be good enough to control our own race and uh, be at the
3: front, going for the win. Walk up down to this. We know how to do it. You're the best guy under pressure I know. Be
2: smart here. Keep our nose and fenders on it. I'm gonna be watching ahead.
0: Green flag is in the air, and we're racing in Martinsville, Virginia. Already contact. Chase Elliott got into the back of the 19 of Turex Jr. He slid up the racetrack. Denny Hamlin had to start at the back. He's actually
2: below the cut line right now. Brian Blaney running in seventh place. Oh, he's, he's a
0: little left. loose right there.
2: I'm in big
4: trouble here, bud. We'll get you fixed up.
1: Denny Hamlin penalized.
4: Two, five, six, and 12.
2: Ryan Damon spins on the turn four.
4: Right in front of the 11 of Denny Hamlin. Oh, man. That was it. I didn't let off the brake. It was a brake front end. Remind
1: me if a few laps on my van. The bolts were running a little lows I turned them off for a second. Austin
0: Dillon is all over the rear bumper ride lane.
1: Damage now. He has gotten contact from
0: Austin Dillon. This thing is so jacked up. I don't even know what to do Joe Logano, he's in a must-win position, struggling right now to handle in that race car. Just like the front end
2: doesn't work. That's Got Plenty of time to try to fix it here. From the get-go, we were struggling getting to turn it to 2 thirds I and we raised the track bar. And that made it loose everywhere except where I wanted it to turn,
3: and put that back, tried something else, and got at least closer. But all we're doing is compromising at that point. As they're running right now on the track, it's the 19 of Mark Trucks Jr.
1: who is above the cut line, and now Kyle Bush is below that cut line.
4: Not gonna bother you with too many details on the point, but we did gain on it. Zero. Rear. Charge. No. no motor either. I need a lot of help here, guys. Like, we ain't f- going anywhere. 18 has been dragging this whole group back really bad. He's
2: struggling. Just Joe Logano. has been struggling all day. He and Eric Jones
1: making contact all the way down the straightaway.
4: This is going to be the fourth time that Chase has swept the first two stages in a race. And with that, Chase Elliott now has locked himself in to the championship floor. Uh, good work, bud. Kyle God Bush got busted for
1: speeding.
0: We've got to go to the back. Another half the race. Take care of our stuff. We'll start working our way forward.
2: Pretty much, you a bus here, are we?
0: I would think so. I didn't really talk too much about the point thing, but we're about
2: 14 or so out. Go so in the thing. Look at the twelve car of Brian Blaney tire rub there. Gotta left for a We need a pass because I don't know what damage I
3: got. It's probably a lot of damage. I and mean, overall we just kind of missed it. Now kind of a mystery. Kind of a head scratcher. We're not we weren't really any different than how we've been here in the past. We've been really good. Just wasn't really the right combination today.
0: The water coming out of the nineteen car saying it's
2: overheating. It's your radiator fan here too
0: been on all day they have thrown
3: everything but the kitchen sink at this 22 even gotten track position here but it just does not look
2: like they may be at the speed to the same stuff. we fall hard this season we just weren't fast enough uh we were fast enough throughout the playoffs and um uh, today kind of was a, another example of that now the 11 fighting for the lead with a 19 and denny hamlet takes the
0: lead here at martinsville we weren't a winning car but we were a third fourth place car all day long and
1: that's where we ran and um Everything's going smooth, and then, you know, the 2 and the 18 come up there
2: in the front, kind of out of
0: nowhere, and I got some damage
2: running side by side with the 2 car. Big damage to the 19 car the left front. Huge, huge damage. Every spot the 19 loses is a point to the 2 car.
1: Brad Kozlowski knows exactly the task ahead of him. Oh, oh,
0: he's going to spin him out. got to finish the race, you
1: Got underneath right the nine, got loose, and spun him out. I just all I could do to hold on to the car. Feel bad for Chase that he got caught up there. At least he's still good for next week.
2: Triggs up the track. This is gonna cost him even more spots. More spots, more points, more trips. Oh,
1: the wall. The wall. He could be out of the championship oh, okay. four now. Damn. Like, oh damn, we're we're in big trouble here. And then they say we're out. Just dig deep, just uh fight back and do all
4: we could after that. It's Keslowski and Kyle Bush up there into the championship board.
0: We had a Hail Mary opportunity there at the end and um, just didn't materialize. So uh, all in all, just you know, proud of the effort. We slung everything and anything at this thing today and just couldn't really make it come alive. For the
4: lead.
2: Bowman actually gives him the bottom and Denny's gonna retake the lead. The 11th round.
0: He you know, didn't wanna race us there. We, we had a good clean race. I moved up as high as I could on the racetrack to give him all the room I could and he still can't drive. This is going to get crazy.
1: Kozlowski went to the bottom.
3: Byron went to the bottom also. That allowed
1: the 19 of Truex to roll to the top. Got a little break on that last restart. You know, a bunch of guys went to the bottom
0: and I seen the hole up there and I was like, I got to go for it. Put ourselves in a position and just wasn't quite strong enough uh, there at the end.
1: Checkered flag is out. Alex Bowman will win. Denny Hamlin not happy
4: with the way Bowman raced him. Championship four going into Phoenix. It's Kyle Larson, Chase Elliott. Everybody should be really proud. Denny Hamlin. Go kick your ass next week. Mark Trucks Jr. Yeah, that's
0: what
2: we do. We never give up. The fans are in for a delightful Sunday in Phoenix. That's what we all look for is great competition.
1: So just a few things happened in Martinsville this past weekend. A crazy race. We bring in our buddy Mike Bagley from Sirius XM NASCAR radio. The morning drive. Uh, Bagman, how you doing, bud?
0: Doing great, gentlemen. How are we doing tonight?
1: We're all good, man, hanging out with myself and Dell Jr. And I want to know your take on all the chaos from Martinsville. And what do the fans think of all the things that happened with Bowman and Hamlin?
0: Well, of course, you know, in talk radio, everybody's got an opinion. The fans have an opinion, <laughs> too, and they were they were not bashful in sharing it. If you were a pro-Denny Hamlin fan, then Denny got the screws put to it. If you're an Alex Bowman fan, the car got loose, and it's contact, and it's Martinsville. But one thing that I think all of us can agree on or the majority of us can agree on is what happened after the checkered flag just wasn't cool. I mean, Alex is celebrating his fourth win. And then Denny, albeit very frustrated, very upset, and absolutely entitled to be, comes and disrupts that. Then we thought we were going to have a Bowman Gray type moment. Even Alex addressed that when he (laughs) went to get the checkered flag, and he was interviewed on the front straightaway. But um, for the most part, what you're looking at right now was not cool. But uh, what Alex Bowman did was pretty cool, winning his fourth race of the year, and it gave us a great championship four storyline to talk about all this week going into the race this weekend of Phoenix.
2: Yeah, I, I kind of disagreed with you earlier in the show. I really didn't have that big of a problem with what happened on the front straightaway. <laughs> but, um, you know, because it was so brief, I think if it would have continued or if, there had been any kind of other confrontation between the cars themselves or the drivers, it might have been a little bit too unprofessional. But um, I kind of felt like that what I was watching happen between Denny and Alex on the front straightaway was what I had seen, celebrated, and endorsed all across the country at short tracks on Friday and Saturday night all the way back in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, all the way, through, everything that we saw right there are the things that made this sport what it is today. We talk about the 79th Daytona 500 and the fight down in Turn <laughs> yeah, 3. Yeah. We can't, you know, it, it, I can't sit here and say, well, I got a problem here if I want to celebrate and highlight and, and, and uh, sell, you know, and, and showcase the history of the sport and things like this that have happened in the past. I, you know, we, I, did have, I, did, I did have some issue with uh, the, how personal Denny got in his own comments at, in his interview. Didn't think he needed to go there. Didn't think it was good for him to go there. Didn't think it did anything for him personally to have to do that. But, um, you know, that's his, that's his choice, and, and he can say and do as he pleases. But the stuff on the front straightaway I thought was great for the sport. You know, Dale, it's interesting you bring that up because
0: I hadn't really stopped to think about it like that. Yeah, you're right. I mean, this sport was was we saw this on a regular basis. I mean, we saw emotion like that. A lot of new fans don't know that, and a lot of yeah. new fans don't realize that's the way it was. Maybe we need to maybe we need to educate ab- about about passion and what is considered unprofessional in this day and age was accepted practice, and that's what got kind of worked up and wrought up. Now, don't get me wrong; they were worked and wrought up. On Sunday over the weekend, I agree with you. I felt Denny got personal. Um, I, I didn't think he needed to go there. Um, but, I mean, listen, the most important thing is it got it got mouths moving. It got people talking. And it tapped into some passion with fans, old and young alike, this week. And I think that's a good primer for what we got coming up this weekend. I really do.
1: So, I'm hoping you can help unpack something for us since you've talked to the fans much more than we have Denny was booed immediately when he got out of the car, and he pops up on the Jumbotron for his interview with Dylan Welch. Why did they boo him? I mean, he was the one leading the race and got wrecked. I know, obviously, all the post-race stuff that we've talked about, but why did they immediately boo Denny Hammond post-race? Did you get any comments on that?
0: My opinion is this goes all the way back to what Denny did with Chase years ago.
1: Uh-huh. Um,
0: <laughs> remember when Denny got into the back of Chase and, and, and sent him into the wall in turn three? I think that Denny lost some fans that day. I think I think some fans turned away from Denny. It's funny you bring this up because when it happened, I was watching here at home, and as soon as as they cut to Denny, I thought they were showing something else because I'm like, it's not possible that you know the home state crowd has turned <laughs> on their chosen son. Well, indeed they did, and uh, you know that Martinsville crowd that really is that really is starting to turn into a very emotional crowd. We have emotional crowds all over the place. That right there got him worked up and stirred up back, what, four years ago? And um, my, how the worm has turned in the, in, in, the, in the course of four years there at Martinsville. And, of course, Alex Bowman, you know, an underdog, kind of, going for his fourth win. I think that their accomplishments are largely getting overlooked uh, this year. Who I didn't have Alex Bowman with four wins, and considering <laughs> that long stretch they went through, and now all of a sudden they're able to pull that off. I didn't have Bowman winning that race. I didn't even have him being a factor. I think it was great for him, but it was a bad day for Denny with all that happened, and obviously the crowd raining boos down on him and that 11 team at the end of the night.
1: All right, Bagman, real quick, your pick to win the championship on Sunday.
0: Oh, man. Uh, I can make a case for all of them. Um, I'll tell you, my pick is probably going to be Kyle Larson because I I, I just can't get past the fact that Cliff Daniels and Kyle Larson have accomplished so much stuff this year that it's going to stop now. But it wouldn't surprise me if it did. I can make a case for Chase. I can make a case for Denny. But don't sleep on that 19 car. Do not (laughs) sleep. Do not sleep on Martin Truex Jr. He won there in the spring. He loves to dig deep. He did it at Martinsville. And um, it wouldn't surprise me if Martin Truex Jr. isn't the champion on Sunday night, if, uh, if everything goes his way and Jason Small's way. I
1: just told him he might have the fastest car on, on Friday. You never know. So, hey, Bagman, thanks for stopping by. We
0: always appreciate it, bud. Thanks, guys. Good seeing you. Take care. All good
1: right, tune. always good to see Mike Bagley. So, All right, so real quick, let's burn through all four of the championship four drivers. Give me a case of why each one can win, Martin Truex Jr.
2: Well, Martin Truex Jr., uh, Bags just mentioned it and you mentioned it. He has the speed at this racetrack, won there earlier this year. They could show up with the fastest car, and Martin takes the fastest car and wins the race.
1: Chase Elliott, what's your case for him to win?
2: Chase Elliott shows up with the best attitude. This guy knows how to knows how to be mentally prepared in championship moments. He showed us that last year when he showed up and said, what an opportunity for me. This is a great day. You know, most people go in there and feel the pressure. He didn't.
1: How about Denny Hamlin?
2: Denny Hamlin's been ready to win a championship, but the car hasn't. I think that every time that Denny's been ready, he hasn't had the car capable of doing it. If they show up with the speed, Denny's, Denny's due. Kyle Larson? Larson uh, is a, <laughs> I mean, I hate to say this, but honestly, I think he may be the most talented driver. And they have had the most pace throughout the year. Maybe not at this particular style of track. But they have had the speed. How do, you, how do you bet against the guy?
1: Who wins the fantasy championship between you and I? It's been all year long, separated by six points six going points, into Phoenix. So it's
2: anybody's race right now. Anybody's, <laughs> anybody's championship between do you I, and me. Should I share buddy. my lineup
1: with you or not?
2: Let's do it. We'll do it Sunday morning.
1: All right. There you go. All right. Hey, thank you guys for joining us. Enjoy the championship races this weekend, everyone. There's the schedule. Jam-packed weekend coming up from Phoenix. Can't wait to bring you championship weekend this weekend from the desert. Who will the champions be? We'll find out Saturday and Sunday.